Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Previously on Chief Concerns. He, he has a skill set, and which is which is absolutely going to work in his favor. And I, I, I'll tell you what, I watched a little bit of his workout, man. I like his game. To be honest, I don't see it happening just because of the, the speed of the game. And I know Pollard knows the speed of the game. And he knows when, when after sitting out that long, man, <laughs> A, a missing a step is, is, is more than missing a step. But at least, you know, Tommy Trimble, uh, uh, Trey McKitty, uh, Hunter Long, Nick Eubanks, and Tony Pullion, I, I think is those guys could fall into the laps of the Chiefs, man, and, and, and will be better for it. Awesome, man. And uh, you Chief Concerns fans, you heard it here first. Jason Dunn, stamp of approval on uh, tight ends in the draft right there. Is is this the the passing of the torch, right? Is this what this signifies? It, it comes down to that that front office and what they feel is most important. The champ is here. We've touched down from a higher plane. Why you made it here? We always look forward to that week because it was always intense. You know that we ain't coming back. We got to the man, the myth, the legend, Dante Hall. My 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 favorite player growing up was Dante Hall. I love you guys, show, but Dante was my guy. Get to dashing cause you done on the war feet. All right, guys, so welcome to Chief Concerns tonight. I'm here with our host, Jason Dunn and Eric Warfield. And like we said last week, we had a special guest for you, and we're going to get him in right now. We're going we're gonna to go right to it. <laughs> Tom Bob. What's hey. up, brother? I'm hanging in, man, just kicking back. Eric, what's going on, big man? Not much, man. Never met you, so it's a pleasure. <laughs> oh, hey, pleasure's all mine, man. I was a big fan of yours. I wish I had the opportunity to play with you. You know, I, I had some uh, great guys that I played alongside with, but uh, I enjoyed your career. I wish I could have played on in the backfield with you, so. I appreciate it. Marcus, how hey, are Tom, you? Good, how are you doing, man? I, I got, I'm repping my Tama gear tonight. <laughs> you can see that. Very nice. Yeah, man, we appreciate that. Appreciate that. Uh, Talba, I, I gotta say, you know, it's it's a, it's a pleasure meeting you uh, virtually. Um, back in the day when I was in college, I remember you took over. You were on ESPN's, I think NFL on ESPN's Twitter handle, and you were it was it was Tomba takeover. I remember you responded to one of my tweets, and it was it made, it made my day. I screenshotted it, and I, you know, I, I put that on my pictures. So it's like Tomba Lee responded to me. <laughs> Pretty cool, man. Pretty cool. Man. So. Awesome, man. So, so it was cool having you on this week. You know, uh, this week was kind of a was a unique week as far as a, you know Alex Smith, the comeback player of the year. He retired, and you obviously played with him for a good amount of time in Kansas City. And everyone always speaks about how you know we had the dark days in Kansas City for there was a, there was a while there where there was, there was some dark days, and then Alex Smith and Andy Reid came along. Kind of talk to us about what Alex Smith did to Kansas City and the Chiefs culture. Um, well, uh, you know, having Coach Reed was a huge uh, uplift for the team because of the environment he wanted to create. So the culture he brought in was uh, quite different than what I was uh, used to in the league. Um, then having a quarterback as Alex Smith um, being a first round pick overall and then coming to our program, uh, Coach just put confidence in us and that Alex was going to be able to win games with us, and, and he did. Um, he was able to do uh, just what we thought we could have done and more, and he did. I mean, 
He really played well. He managed the game well. He threw great balls. They got a lot of uh, good wide receivers around him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Alex definitely stood out as one of the best in Kansas City, for sure. I agree. Yeah, I'll I tell you what, man, Tom, uh, you know, seeing uh, Alex right now, what, he, what he's going to do as far as uh, – uh, retire when I which I would I, I assume that maybe he, he might do like one of those one day contracts and maybe retire. That's why I was was hoping you know come back and retire like back with the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, kind of do it that way. You know, that'd it, it, be kind of like you know the old gladiator coming home. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, have the little stands looking, you know, waving at him when he's coming on in with the little chariot and whatnot. So you know, it, it'd be kind of good. You know, to kind of have like that feel good type of deal in the in in, in the arena. Uh, but yeah, my Alex man has been it, it's stellar career. Um, you know, had some controversy early on, you know, came out to Kansas City, you know, really did his thing. You know, the, and the, the the fans really, you know, took him in, man, loved him and, and loved what he was able to do. Uh, and then, of course, goes, you know, to Washington. It was unfortunate what happened to him up that way. But yeah. then, of course, the feel good story, him coming back out there on the field. Right. Yeah. And through all the through all <laughs> the things he went through, uh, uh, the injuries and whatnot. So it, it's uh you know, he, when I see Alex, man, and I see the things that he's done just over his career, he's one of those guys that you just you just got to cheer for, right? You and have you know, to. I mean, yeah. he, he did a lot. I mean, um, given the opportunity to, to, to go to a whole new team and, and uh, establish yourself the way he did, mm -hmm. uh, tough. I mean, with all the criticism he had when he was leaving San Fran and then finally coming to a team, we, we definitely had a good defense, but as far as the offense go, we, you know, we had – we had our ups and down. I mean, we came off a two and 14 season and then he's coming in into the program and, you know, it's all like we rallied around him and we're able to go on a streak that year and win nine, 10 games with that same two and 14 team. And year in year after he just continued to progress uh, and show how uh, prolific of a quarterback he, he could be. I mean, yeah, he should definitely come. And retire as a chief. I mean, I hope he does. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I do too, man. I, I hate that. Uh, you know, we had one of our legends uh, take off and and didn't want to retire as a chief, um, Tony. But you know, I, I would love to see uh, Alex come back and do that, man. That that be that be amazing. So Tony didn't retire as a chief. No, man. No, hey, hey, and look, <laughs> there's a whole story there with that, though, Tom. I'm, I, I had to tell you, you know, and, and the thing is. We'll have him out here to talk about it a little bit later, man. You know, so, you know, conversation because we, we want him to kind of tell his side of the story a little bit. Uh, but I know, you know, fans are a little touched by that. It's, it's all different. So I know we, we're going on a, a different tangent, but yeah. I think, you know, it just didn't quite work what it was. And, you know, and, and Tony, man, he, you know, he did, what, 17 years, 17 year career, man. He was just, you know, stellar, you know, what he was doing. Uh, wow. So, I don't know, man. He had a chance to come you know, back. No, I'm, I'm not knocking Tony for that either. You know, I, and I understand. I can't say that I understand because, you know, you came in as a chief and, you you know, you basically created your your, your uh, legacy as a chief and you had a great career at Atlanta. I'm not taking anything what he did at Atlanta. Yeah, um, right. And like I said, I don't, I don't want to come off like I'm knocking Tony. I just would have rather have seen him uh, at least uh, go in into the Hall of Fame as a, as a Chiefs player. You know, I, yeah, I, you know, it's shocking that I'm hearing this news. I, I, you know, it's Tony had probably some of his best career with with not even a, a great quarterback. That shows how well yeah. he, with the Chiefs. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, so it's 
it's it's crazy you say that he, he you know he went with uh, Atlanta. I, I don't know if even Atlanta fans appreciate what he had to bring to the table. Um, I think the Chiefs obviously. It's all about Tony Gonzalez here. I don't think we've had another one. That's, well, right now we do. We, we have got Travis. Travis. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I mean, Tony should have definitely, you know, been around the ring going into the Hall of Fame as a chief. I mean, that's that. Yeah. Well, I tell you, I was up there for the Hall of Fame deal, man. And, and, you know, the thing was, got a lot of love, you know, from the Chiefs and a lot of, you know, guys were there. You know, former players, of course, you know, uh, Coach Ramil and, you know, all those guys, you know, they, they, you know, came back and, and, and supported him for it. Uh, you know, you, plus he got into the Ring of Honor, what, a couple of years ago, I think it was, Tom. But so, you know, I mean, it was just one of those things of like coming back. You know, it was just one of those things that you just you, you're trying to just move in the right direction. So, uh, yeah, I, I hope it's nothing from, you know, upstairs. I hope it's not management. I hope I mean, Clark Clark is a, a great owner. Um, yeah. You know, but as us players, we should always look at it. It was a privilege we had to play for these or this organization. And the Chiefs is special. Among all the teams in the league, I really believe the Chiefs is special, family-owned business. So, I, I, you know, I don't see how – I just don't see how Tony would make that decision. But, you know, Arthur Blank and those guys, they, they're – you know, Warwick Dunn and those guys, they're, they're great too. So Right. Sure. And, again, I don't want to come off as like I'm, I'm, I'm talking bad about – Tony and him going into the, you know, taking it in as a, as a Falcon. I just, me as a, as a, as a Chiefs fan, as a, as a Chiefs player, I would rather have my brother alongside me in that, in that, uh, in that honor. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Now, Talba, this week, so back, back to the Alex Smith um, uh, conversation this week, Chief fans online have been posting their favorite memories of Alex Smith. Uh, one was the the comeback against San Diego. I think that was week one, I believe. Huge. That was huge. Yeah, that was huge. That, that, was, the, that was the one <laughs> everyone keeps talking about all the time. What's one memory you were uh, – one game or just any kind of moment that you have with Alex that you'll always remember, like, man, this guy, you know, this this was different compared to other quarterbacks I've played with kind of moment? Um, I mean, Alex, Alex had his moment. Um, to really pick one now is hard because, you know, he, he won a lot of games and, and – in the same sense, sometimes we struggled in those games um, and we could have won. But as you said, it, I think one of the biggest memory of Alex Smith is being down. I'm not sure how many points, maybe 20 some points and coming back. I mean, that in itself, I don't think that's a setup. I think that's all guts and, you know, glory. I think we get out there and we ball and we just keep balling and Alex just keep doing it. I mean, for him to even keep the ball and run it in. <laughs> yeah. you know so that one definitely sticks out um but i've seen alex play really great football i mean we were playing against the jets we were losing i just remember he hit Tariq twice i mean real quick two touchdowns pop pop and we're you know so i've seen a lot of great moments um, but I wish we could have topped it off with a Super Bowl at least before we get the young man in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't kidding on that one. Yeah. So you mentioned the young man. That's kind of a transition here. So when so since Derek Johnson's retired, uh, I've seen him go on shows and you know different podcasts, and he's talked about what he saw at practice in the 2017 season. Now you got a chance to, that 2017 year when uh, Mahomes was uh, the rookie. Apparently, he was make, doing shows during practice. He was going crazy. Can you kind of talk about that? Did you did you know that this guy was going to be different and special 
Well, yeah, we did um, from practice, not from what we heard, but in practice, um, Mahomes just for some reason, I guess I, I want to think if you're on scout team and you're playing against a really good defense, because we did have a really good defense. I want to think it, in your mind, it's like, I'm going to pick these guys apart. And, and that's what he did. I mean, at times we don't go as hard, but he's throwing the ball in places where we're like, man, he shouldn't have been able to put it there, put it, you know, it's just, and it's amazing. And he's running around. So we get a chance to kind of, he simulates the quarterbacks that we're playing against and he has to run around. So we're like chasing him and he's still doing that back, you know, backwards across the field type of throw. So it's, Mahomes was special from the beginning. Now to say he was going to be in a championship game every year after that, it, you know, that's, that's, that's hard. I mean, we played in the league long time and to be in a championship game every year, that's hard. I couldn't predict that one. And, and, and look, and, and you say the same, the right thing, you know, cause in practice, you're going against a great defense, you know, in the huddle, you're still talking noise. You just like, look, look, I'm, we still trying to score. So yeah. even if you set up, you know, and, and you run, what you do is run the, the opposing team's offense. Right. And so regardless of that, you know, the defense still got to stop you. Yeah. I mean, that's what you're trying to do. So mm-hmm. I know he's in there like, look, get open on this play right here. Get out, open on the base. It's on the comeback. Right. You make sure you, you know, get your hands on top before he gets here. And, and it's just you, you, you're still trying to get into that rhythm. So when you say yeah. that, like going against a great defense, you want to make sure that you're <laughs> game ready. I mean, that's what it is. It's game ready. So. Yeah, he did well. I went, the times I was there and I watched him play, and the times I actually they started uh, demoting me to play scout. I mean, I just play. So I mean, I would be there rushing, and he's doing exactly what the pros do. I mean, he dropped back fat, far. He comes in the pocket. He will run around. He's simulating it all, and and he's having fun doing it though. You know, that's yeah. that's where you know that oh, this guy's not just working for a job. He's enjoying. The fact that he's here, he's you know he gets to play. So, well, Holmes is one of those guys, man. It's just you wish you could could have played with him because seeing what he's doing, it's like, man, can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's the thing I noticed too, man. Like it's there's a lot of times when quarterbacks are under under duress, and he never seems to be stressed out about anything. It's like he's always having fun when he's in the pocket or outside the pocket. Yeah. It's like a game, like he's playing backyard football. He definitely is. I mean, I think the coach, uh, Coach Reed, allows him to be what he is. He always, Coach Reed always said, you know, uh, be yourself. You know, let your personality be. You know, don't be uptight. So go out there. Be be you. I don't want you to be anyone else. Everyone else is taken. So he allowed us to just do what we feel in the moment. And he doesn't have no critique about that. He just wants you to go have fun. So I think with, with having a young quarterback like that, yeah, you know, you, you're going to go out there and make mistakes and, and come back and make, you know, great plays. I also have to attribute it to Andy Reid. I mean, given the fact that he's had success with quarterbacks in his history, Brett Favre, um, Donovan McNabb, uh, Michael Vick, all of these guys that he's coached. So it's, you know, it's, it's kind of an honor for him to be playing under such a good coach. You know, I, I don't know how it would be if it wasn't a coach like Coach Reed and his staff. I think it makes a huge difference in bringing the best out of a, a, a prolific quarterback like Mahomes. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, because you, you had to wonder, what, what would he do if he was up at the Jets, right? 
or you know organization at the mm-hmm. time to say Miami back then when, when when Miami was Miami back then. Right, right. It's 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 a huge difference. I mean, just being with different different coaches. You know, we had Herm. Herm was good, and then then we got Todd. You know, and then Todd fired some of these other guys, and we're playing different different quarterbacks. And so you're watching and saying, but man. What's the difference? You bring in Alex. Alex didn't have a great season. I don't know if he had a great season the year prior to him coming to us, and he's already had all of these marks on him of how he's not this, and you see how well he developed. So, yeah, I want to always attribute it to Coach Reed and his coaching style. Yeah. Uh, on this show, or last week we talked about uh, Bernard Pollard coming out of retirement. Do you, and I'll, I'll say pass rush is a big thing for us right now. This team needs pass rush, Tom. But are, are, have you thought about coming back? You still in shape, man? I'm in shape. I work out every day. I got jiu going every day. <laughs> you think you can play a full game right now? Um, A full game, 65 plays? <laughs> I could give you 35. I couldn't give you 65. That's all we need. Top, top. It might be good enough. Hey, 20 good ones. You know what I'm saying? Give you 20 good ones. You know what I'm saying? 65. Oxygen tank over there. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now, what I was going to ask is, you know, as a lifelong Chiefs fan, you know, anybody who's a Chiefs fan is a Tom Bali fan. It's just, you know, it, it goes hand in hand. If you're a Chiefs fan, you're a Tom Bali fan. And for me, go, seeing that, you know, you, you retired, 2017 was your last season, and you're just, a, you know, one year away from making it to the AFC Championship game and two years away from bringing home the, the ring. For me, it was like, ah, gosh, you know, if, you know, if Tom only played two more years, you know, Tom would, would, would get that ring. It's one of those things, you know, it's like when I talk to these guys about the, the 03 season, you know, it's like that was the perfect season at that one point. Then when you get to playing the Colts in the playoffs, you know, it went, went downhill from there. But you were one of those guys that I always wanted to get a ring, right? And so, and obviously to you, you obviously, obviously everyone, that's the end goal, right? Getting that ring. What did it mean to you to see uh, the Chiefs climb to the top of the mountain um, last year? I mean, it, it is bittersweet, uh, to not lie. It's, uh, when you get let go, sometimes you're like, you know, you guys needed me. Watch, you're going to lose games. <laughs> 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 but then, you know, you get over your emotions and you start rooting for the team because you see you was part of it. You know, everything that's happening with the team, you had a lot to do with. And um, so, yeah, I mean, to see the team the way – like everything unfolded. I, I, again, it's hard to, to say, like for Mahomes to just lead the team. The way I look at it, Mahomes was able to lead the team, I think one year, either to the Super Bowl, is the Super Bowl year, and he was hurt during the year. Mm-hmm. And they started to lose games and he came back and started winning games to get to the Super Bowl. So it, you know, it, it was kind of wild. It's like, man, this kid is really good. And to see the organization achieve it, you know, I'm a big fan of Clark. Uh, Clark gives us all his, his number. He gives us his number. Um, to this day, I can just text Clark. He will text me back. If I have any issues in my life, he would, you know, he would talk to me about it. So it's, you know, the way Clark went about it, it's just, it was different for us and how he organized everything, brought in Coach Reed. Sometimes you'll see the firing. You don't like it, but you, you know that, you know, Clark was setting up for something and, 
it showed. I mean, for, for the championship, for them to get this championship is good. Do I want to be a part of it? Of course I would have loved it. But I was one of those, I'm, I'm kind of selfish in my ways because <clears throat> I want to be a part of it playing. I don't want to watch. So that's another thing that's probably hindered me from being there because at one point coach wanted for me to just hang out and teach these guys and watch. And it's like, I never did that. Yeah. Never in my career have I really, and the guys that they wanted me to be behind didn't have the work ethic. So it's even burning in my mind. Like these guys don't, they don't want it. And then eventually the guys that, that won a championship was all new guys. It wasn't, you know, the guys that were there. Yeah. New guys. And, and I'll tell you what, man, I'm, I'm going to say this about Tombo. Look, when he came in, and it, it, like you said, this is your family, right? I mean, they birthed you. This is the team that drafted you. You came in, you cut your teeth there with the Chiefs. When I'm talking about hardworking, work ethic, kind of guys that, that brought his lunch pail to work every single day, Tombo was that guy. I'm, and look, and I'm telling you, it, it was guys that you just know. And look, every guy that I'm sure that went up against him, you know, I had to see his, his butt every day at practice, you know. So he was like a young whippersnapper coming in. No, you couldn't tell him like, hey, man, slow down on this play. It was none of that. <laughs> it, was, it was never that. He had a motor. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to hold him, man, because because even if it was like a walkthrough, Tommy would still be working his move. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, I had to say it about you, Tommy, man, because you were just, man, what you just you brought out there, man, just the energy, man, who you was. To the practice and to the to the to the game, to the players in the locker room. I mean, it just speaks volumes about just who you were. And I and, and I understand that when you were just talking about like just having to sit there and just coach. I knew you just couldn't do that. You know, like oh. I've always known you, man. You just been a hundred miles an hour. You know what I'm saying? All energy, all the time. And I knew you was gonna give your your hundred percent every single play. Practice, game, it didn't matter. So yeah. I, I just had to say it about you, man, and, and I, I could I understand where you feel. And look, you ain't no different from any any other player. You know what I'm saying? We all selfish in that way. We all wanted to to be a part of it and play to be a part of it, right? But then, like you know, when you're sitting on the sideline, you have to cheer for them because that is your family, right? You are watching your brothers out there, you know, warring and going to war. And then, of course, the city is just they loving it, and so you you happy for the city and the fans because you know the fans have been waiting for it for a long time too. Yeah. So. Now, I, I understand, man. I feel your pain, man. It's tough. I mean, I, I think every player should be aware that there's a day coming that they're going to go in a different direction. And I was oh, yeah. young, but I still went somewhere else and played. But, you know, I didn't – for me, I just felt like, okay, this is it. I don't, I don't need to prove myself anymore or I don't have this thing in me like, oh, I need more money or I need to go here to get 100 sacks. I felt like what I have done – in Kansas City was was enough, but it is tough. I mean, as a player to 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 allow someone else to play because they they first you want to see if they can match your work your work ethics. You know, can they get there in the morning? Can they lift early? Can they stay after practice? You know, you're watching these guys go and come, go and come all your career, and even the star players they're bringing in are not doing those things. And you 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 know you're like, man, that's they should earn it. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I. I had to put myself in Eric Hicks' position. Eric was a hard worker, you know, and they brought me in and just put, plugged me in, and Eric was pissed. Me and Eric almost had a fight one time in the meetings <laughs> because, you know, he's pissed. Like, you got to earn it. You, like, you can't just – they're giving it to you. And I'm like, yeah. you know, I had to earn it. And I eventually I have to earn it on the field. That's where they want it. 
you know, right, but, right. you know, I had to put myself in that mindset and say, yeah, it is tough. When it's time to go, is you know, you're going to want to still fight, but you're, oh, yeah. fighting, you're fighting it inevitable. I mean, you like you would love to leave on your own terms, and it's, it's very rare that people get that. You know, yeah. um, you know, it's like at the beginning of the season, you tell somebody like, "This is my last season. I, I, I've I've done enough for for myself, my family, and I think for the organization to where I want to hang it up." And you know, nobody want, ever wants to get that that tap on the shoulder. Hey, man, they want you upstairs. <laughs> or they or to get that text message or read across ESPN, such and such has been released. Nobody wants that, no. and it's a part of it's a part of reality, a, a rough reality that we have to go through. You know, oh. like I said, it's, it, it sucks, and it's very rare that you are that player that says, "I'm gonna call my own time. This is my last year. I've enjoyed the ride, but this is it for me." Yeah, it's very rare. Very rare. But I salute you, man. Like you, like a, I'm a big <coughs> fan. You had a hell of a career. I enjoy watching you. I wish you were part of that team. Hell, I wish I was a part of that team to won a Super Bowl, <laughs> but but I wasn't. And uh, but I, I get to enjoy it, and I get the joy from it um, as a fan and as an alumni. So again, I take my hat off to you, man. I appreciate you coming on the show too. Thank you. You were saying something about Bernard Bernard Pollard. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we yeah. just got all off track, by. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, so. Uh, it was actually it was kind of tied to that question. I mean, if you could come back and give us some more snaps, but no. So Bernard Pollard, uh, as of two weeks ago on Twitter, said he's going to co- try to come back to play again at 36 years old. He wants he wants to play again, and that's the topic we've had on the show um, over the last like two weeks. But um, no. So based on that, I was like, oh, okay. Is Thomas still left in the tank to come back and give us uh, some pass rush? Oh, okay. Well, no, I ain't coming back. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but Bernard, you know, Bernard may be able to do it. Um, you know, he's he's one of those clean guys. He's just, he doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke. Uh, he works hard. Um, yeah, I think I think he could do better at linebacker if he comes back and play linebacker. I think you will have one of the best linebackers. Now, safety right now, these guys are fast, you know. <laughs> that was my thing. I, 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 that's what my thing. I told him I, didn't, I don't know if he's maintained that speed because mm-hmm. playing safety is not about being a big hitter nowadays. You know, big hits are penalized. Right. <laughs> but you have to be able to utilize your, your talent and your speed as, at playing safety nowadays. Yeah, I agree. So, But if he comes in as a linebacker, as a will, um, he can cover and he loves to hit. I think yeah. you will see probably, uh, you know, something that's never been done before. Man. He's got the body size to hold the weight. So, I mean, linebacker sounds good. Right. Strong. You know, he, you know, yeah, B-Pop's strong, man. Yeah, he can, yeah. <laughs> he is strong. <laughs> He's split strong. <laughs> I don't know if you remember hard night yeah, yeah. when I was on there. Yeah, we, we was talking about that, him doing the splits. Like, yo, man. He, you know. <laughs> doing the splits. You never seen that with, with B-Pop? He can do a split? A yeah, split yeah, like yeah, a woman. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, I don't know. I tell you what, you had to go and see like Hard Knocks that episode when he when he did it. Man, it's just it's it's so famous that he goes down and I guess he was he was uh, emulating maybe a, somebody at a at a strip club or something, right? That's what it is. That's just yeah, what yeah. it is. It's hard to say, it, but he looked like he's doing exactly what he said. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, it, it was it was a funny episode. Everyone in the locker was going nuts. 
Yeah, I wish I had that type of flexibility, but I don't know if I'll be doing those splits in front of the team. Though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's all. So Go how's your, before I jump off the football subject, how's your music music thing going? Man, I do music every day. It's been my first love. So it's like I grew up in the war singing in the choir, beating the drums. Um, I always had a studio downstairs. Um, I was kind of, I was lucky because right afterwards I met a real dope producer. Um, I've always did rapping, but he kind of took into me and showed me how to write songs for real. You know, so we're, you know, I'm making songs instead of just over here yapping. So if oh, okay, listen, okay. Yeah, if you listen. You, um, you thinking about, have you ever thought about uh, collabing with Dwayne Bow? Because I see he's doing a lot of stuff too. Dwayne, um, it's, it would be rap if we did, and I'm way. I love Dwayne, but Dwayne knew I rap. So you know, being from the East Coast, I rap. We rap. So I, doing a song with him will have to make, you know, enough sense because the road he's taking is very scary. If you haven't heard Thomas stuff, man, it's, I mean, he's got good vibe with it, man. You know, Tom, I, I've been I've been watching and following your music, brother. So no, you know, I, I check him out on social media. I've heard. Some yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's kind of like in my lane too, uh, uh, Tom. But you know what I'm saying? I've, I've always, when I first got to Philly, I got introduced to like a neo soul. But I love like the whole, you know, the vibe of uh, like reggae and all of it. You know what I'm saying? Like that whole flow, man. It's, but that, that's always been you too. That's why I always love it about you. You know what I'm saying? Because you always had an easy disposition about you. You know, yeah, and then, uh, the music is is very easy on your ear. Um, very uh, loving. You're, you can sit through it with your kids. They will be dancing the whole time. Um, yeah, I do a few raps here and there just to flex, just to show people, yeah, I know how to bounce on the track for sure. You got it. But, you know, what's the point? I mean, it's, I don't, I don't, I don't want to tell my story again that I did it through football. So let me sing. Let me sing you love ballads. You know what I but you'll love it, man. I, there's a, I got an EP out right now. It's called Love and Lights. Um, it's on every digital platform. If you want to listen to the first EP, it's called Tamba Juice. That one is more Afrobeat driven. Um, but Love and Light shows you my rap a little bit, shows you my Drake a little bit. Show, you know, producer, man, I'm produced. I'm here with you. Know, there you go. You're in the studio already, huh? <laughs> Oh. Cooking it up, man. That's all right. That's all right. Yeah, man, man, yeah. man. I, I, I love what you're doing now, though, Tom. But you know what I'm saying. So you know, it, it, and it's it's one of those things that guys we were just kind of talking about. You know, you want to leave on your own accord, but now like you have something like your first love that that's an easy transition that you don't have to worry about. Like, man, you know, I got to figure out what I want to do and stuff like that. Man, you already had the love in your heart. You know what you wanted. So yeah, um, that's a blessing. I, I, I never really wanted to be on TV because I went to school for broadcast and I didn't never really wanted to critique players. I, I saw how much work we put in. You know, I, sometimes I, I look at my guys, I said, man, they're really talking that trash on us. And when they, yeah, did, yeah, they yeah, went yeah. through what we went through, it's hard. Right. You know, those coaches really put us through it. This, you see a glimpse, you know, they catch the ball on us, they, you know. So whatever happens, it's like you see a glimpse of what we put in and then you dog us like the whole time. And I'm like, I never really want to do that. Um, and I just, for some reason, I always, I thought I was going to become a bigger artist, but then I realized, I mean, I 
I'm in, I'm in my father's stage. I'm in my, you know, my <laughs> husband's stage. You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, I have to do this. I can't just continue trying to be uh, some superstar in any field. So I, I realized being a producer, um, a producer, writer, artist, it gives you the lean to do what you love, still enjoy your family. You can choose to do shows. If you you can get out and say, I'm going to structure the show the way I want it to be. But it's not like I need to get on tour um, and, and, and do, um, you know, what these other characters are doing. Because I, I did it for like six shows and I realized, I'm like, no, I, I don't want to. I was on the road every day. I, I, right, right. <laughs> so, so you, so right now you don't, you don't want the bigger picture that comes with all of it. You just, you just doing it for for the love of it. I love it. I work with other artists. I feature myself with other people who are in the arena. Um, mostly back home in Liberia, I do a lot of music for them. Um, but in Africa, in, in Nigeria, Ghana, they're hearing my music on the radio. Um, as far as Touring, uh, I think, you know, that's, that's, if I do, it will be down the line. <clears throat> but after talking to the guys, you know, they, they, they tell me the truth. They say, Tama, this is not the industry that <laughs> you're used to, that these people are all liars. These people are mm. all terrible people. Mm. And if you really want to be a top star in here, you're going to, you're going to need to sell your soul. Wow. I mean, just it's straight up, you're going to have to meet up with the devil. That's how they say it straight up. Wow. You know, and you don't want to hear that and be like, well, yeah, I, I want to yeah. see chains and be on TV every day. <laughs> what's, what's, you know, it, it's, we did that. You know, we did that for 20 years. I enjoy making music. I enjoy taking my song, giving it to someone else. And they feature themselves on it. And it, it does well. So I, I love doing that. That's what's up. I'm gonna have to check it out, man. I, I mean, I know I listen to quite a bit of your stuff on social media. But I haven't listened to your whole album, so you'll love it. Uh, you'll go right through. You'll be like, yeah, it's 30 minutes. I don't even waste your time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you say it's a love ballad. If I give me, a, if I give me a, a little woman or something, I'm sitting hey. out here in Dallas. <laughs> you put that thing on, they'll, they'll wonder and say, "But who's this?" And if you say a chief player, they they won't believe it. <laughs> I not believe it. Tell them it's the, it's the big Krona, you know what I'm saying? You out there like that, just moving the group. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, how, how did the pandemic I, I kind of impact and, and uh, impact your kind of your music career and not your career, but like allow you to kind of lean into your music and like and, and, and make this EP and stuff? I know a lot of people are kind of refocused and made them more passionate about whatever they're passionate about. And obviously, music is, you know, this is your passion. Yeah. I'll say what it did was bring me closer to my family. Um, at one point, um, there was trouble in the home a little bit, and I was kind of starting to choose the music more. Um, and I obviously spent a little bit of money to work with different, different acts so I can, you know, I didn't go to school for music production or all of those things. I just pick it up on my own. So I'm spending money for people to come around me and do it with me. And um, <clears throat> at one point I realized all these things they're doing, I could do, I could learn it. I don't need to spend money for anything. So it kind of, I pushed the money out of the way and say, hey man, save your money, use your brain, you know, sit at that computer, YouTube or pay for some subscription, learn it on your own. <clears throat> it takes time. Um, yeah. 
read books. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it definitely opened my eyes on what you really need to focus on is what God gave you, which is free, your family, your wife, your kids. You know, I got five of them. So, you know, I get but any of the kids try to get on the track. My kids, yeah, I, I put them on the track, you know. <laughs> We've done some stuff, but they're different. They're, I got two 10-year-olds um, and then uh, one that's going to be two in May, um, one that just turned four yesterday, and a five-year-old. So, you know, early stages of this pairing is kind of tough. We're around them every all day, so they're not going yeah. to and they're doing virtual learning. So it's like, man, this is, I can't just stick on, I was playing piano like every day. I can't do it anymore. I have to have all my antennas up. You know, we're cooking, we're cleaning, you know, no one coming in and out. It's, but it, it's helped me center myself. I, I've been able to strip all the things that were, you know, in my way, I call it blinders. You know, when you're in a game, sometimes you pick up habits. I had to get rid of some of those habits just because you know, I'm, it's real. I'm, I'm in my 30s. I got to be real about myself and and see that you're the only one that's going to care. No one else is going to care for what you have created. Yeah. Yeah. That's, hey, we, understand, like, we understand that as fathers, you know what I mean? You know, mm -hmm. God blessed us and, and, and give us a gift to take care of. You know, yeah. that's, our, that's our duty and our job. So, yeah. no, man, I take your hat off to you, brother. You got five, you had two, double trouble. You know, twins, I guess. Yeah, yeah I leave. Yeah. Well, I brought one in, she brought one in. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I got the girl and then she gave me four uh, four boys. She had four boys, three of them is mine. You know, she brought one in. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. we have my hands full. Gotta be on point. <laughs> I, got, I got four, you beat me, man. So I need two. <laughs> but I probably had more if it wasn't for COVID. I mean, you know, it, that's the sad thing. God kind of said, you know, focus here because it's, <laughs> it's tough, bro. Hey, you're going to be listen, listening to your own music, huh? You know, yeah. you know the time, so. <laughs> we do. <laughs> All right. All right, Tamba. Well, last question before you go. I know. Uh, we're getting up there in time, but uh, last question. So mock draft um, has the Chiefs taking – Mel Kuyper's latest mock draft has the Chiefs taking a Penn State D-end edge guy. Uh, Jason uh, Owe, I think that's how they pronounce his name, Owe. Um, and I just want to get your thoughts because obviously when I see Penn State edge, you know, with, with the Chiefs, I my mind goes to Tom Ali. What are, what are your thoughts on him? You're a former Nittany line. You, you obviously, I'm sure you got some uh, biases behind this, but uh, what is, um, what, what's your take on, on uh, this player? Well, I don't know too much about the player because I haven't worked with the program in quite, a, you know, quite some time. Um, what I will say is when I did visit, um, the way Coach Franklin recruits, these guys are big. They're tall. Um, I probably wouldn't have made his team. I was shorter than all everyone in his freshman class, except for maybe some corners here. So I realized that when I got in the D-line room, I was shorter than all of them. So, yeah. <laughs> Coach Franklin, he got these trees. King and I, Pimp State. I'm like, <laughs> So, yeah, when I visited, I realized, I said, wow, these guys are – and they were young. They were, when I, I think it's a year or – maybe two years ago when I got there, 
young guys and uh, and their work ethic wasn't what I was used to, but I, I seen them make plays in a different way. I'm like, these guys are just, they know they're good. So um, I don't know much about the player, but I know, you know, you're probably going to get a well-rounded individual that, that understands how to play the game. Um, what I did used to do um, is spend time with Coach Johnson at Ohio State. So you can see how Ohio State players, it's almost the same way I play because that's who coached me. Was that Larry's dad? Yeah. Yeah, that's Larry's dad. So most of those guys, if you see them in the league, you see they, they have a motor. But Penn State picking this guy, Coach Franklin, I definitely have faith in that he knew what to do as far as recruiting. And once this guy get here and get around the team, he'll, know, he'll have success. Awesome. Well, thanks for the, thanks for the insight. And Talbot, thank you for coming on, man. It was honestly, uh, it was amazing to, to meet and get to talk to you. I can't, I can't believe I'm talking to you. Appreciate so, you, my brother. Awesome, man. Appreciate my brother. Definitely, man. It's it awesome. a pleasure to talk to the legends, you know, Jay and I. <laughs> I used to take on to Jay. Jay would be running down the, the <laughs> I'll be right behind him. He said, like, I know that's Samba. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you got me into this. <laughs> we'll be running down the alleyway. Yeah, you know, it's just like to get to get into the the stadium. So you know, it's it's great to always you know catch up with the guys. Even you know, yeah, yeah. I, I hey, so where are you living at now? You you back in East no, Coast? I'm right here in Overland Park in One Thirty Third and all. Okay. Oh, Still, you play golf? Yeah. I, I I used to. I haven't played since college. Okay. Yeah, I, I should pick it up again. I mean. I don't have all I do is jujitsu. I got three officers coming here tonight, so we're gonna. Oh hell, you in good shape? That's all you're doing. You can go we're play. Gonna... You can go play right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thanks again, man, for coming on. We enjoyed you, and hopefully, we get you on during the the season when we kick off. So. All right, appreciate it. Thank man, you, man. Tom, appreciate it, my brother. Man, love you, man. All right, man, keep doing your thing out there, brother. You know what I mean? Seriously, straight up. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. And remember, love and lights, everybody. Love and lights. Love and lights, baby. <laughs> so that was that was awesome to talk to Tom Bonnelly. Um, I know, Eric, you never met him before. And, J.D., you played with him his first two years in the league. It's just uh, – I mean, what did you guys make of that? that was Great all-around dude, man. And, and again, I, I know I kept telling him I've been a fan. Like, man, I would, there's so many players that have come to this organization to where, you know, you as a, a former player, you, you kind of wish – of, of things that that really can't happen, but it was like, you know, I would love to have played alongside uh, Tom Bahali and, and Justin Houston, and and to to be out there with Patrick Mahomes and, and Travis Kelsey and Tariq Hill. But you know, those are guys that you admire, especially the uh, the work and, and job that they do for the team, and and um, it's just you know tremendous to see the things that he's doing with his life and with his family. And also his 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 career outside of football, but he's a great overall individual guy. So far, for me, just uh, finding out through the through the podcast. Yeah, man. It, you know, it, it's just to me. You know, seeing a guy that came in, you know, kind of a young pup. You know, I watched him in his development. You know, going after him every day, like you said, man. I was just kind of like the old guy, in, you know, in the locker room. Yeah, <laughs> young guys coming in. So. You know, it was one of the guys that came in energetic, man. It's just who Tomba was, man. He's just a great all-around guy. He's always got that big, you know, huge smile. And that's just his that's his heart, his, his emotions, 
is passionate about everything that he does, man. He's just a, a great, great overall person anyway. Uh, but man, yeah, man, it was, it was good to have him on, man. It's great to have him on. Yes. And it always speaks volumes too. Cause I remember when the chiefs played the, the Patriots on the Monday night, they did something with like Bill Belichick and they asked him about the chiefs defense. And he said, Tom Bali was his favorite player that he never got to coach. And at that time, I said, like, oh, maybe he, maybe, cause I think Tom was free agent that year. So maybe Bill Belichick will pick up Tom Ali. But um, yeah, no, it, it's, you know, a guy like that, watching the hard knocks, seeing him and Tim Crumry go, go at it and stuff, just nonstop. And, and I, I think it's, yeah, it just a, he, he was a badass on the field and just a nice person. So it's always, yeah. it's, 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 it's honestly, it seems like the Chiefs only recruit nice guys. I mean, you, all, all, all you guys, are the best. <laughs> <laughs> look, they, look, they pay a lot of money to evaluate players now. Right? Yeah. That, that is true when you say things like that. So, you know, you got to fit. You got to fit. So, yeah. for sure. Okay, so now we're going to get into uh, Chief Concerns. Uh, so we had, we had a Tamba takeover, the Chief Concerns, the first half of the show. But uh, we'll get we'll get uh, one of our concerns in before we hear Eric Warfield to give us a little master class of uh, his top five cornerbacks. Professor Warfield's going to go uh, go to the chalk for us on his top five. <laughs> 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 I love it. Um, but our first chief concern is going to come from – it's a social media thing between Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady. So the, the saga continues between the two. So at a Royals game this week, uh, the uh, Rays played the, uh, the Royals, and uh, Salvador Perez lost a bet where he had to wear a Tom, a Tom Brady jersey uh, before the game. And there, I guess it was a Tampa Bay Rays video guy, social media guy, had a video of uh, Salvador. And Salvador, as he's wearing the jersey, says, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback. He's the best. And then – Tom Brady sees that and he quote tweets the video uh, saying actions speak louder than words. And so, you know, you know, Mahomes, he's a, he's a really even keel guy. You don't think he's going to respond back to, but then he quote tweets what Tom Brady says. And he says, what's the exact quote? I guess we'll see in 20 years is what he says. That was his response. I like, I like the response. It is nothing, you know, demeaning towards it. Um, you know, but yeah, Tom has had a tremendous career and we've heard many times Patrick, you know, saying that that's that's who he wants to mimic his his career after. Um, you know, he's he's on pace. I wouldn't. Well, he's kind of on pace to 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 kind of get seven rings. Follow up is what to Tom has done, and he's already got one. So this might light an extra fire under him to get him extra motivated to to become uh, Patrick. I don't know, uh, ten point uh, I, I can't see him getting a, a whole lot better than what he's proven. Because the guy has just been phenomenal, uh, but to 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 have that little battle with Tom in the, at the end of his career, I like it. I, I like the comeback. Like I said, it wasn't nothing demeaning. It was just, hey, we'll see it within twenty years. Yeah, man, it's just two guys, man, doing you know, just having fun with one another, but also being competitive too. You know? oh, yeah. So, so look, look, Tom's sitting up here on top of uh, of, of of Olympus right now, kind of looking he's, down. He's coming to get it. Yeah, he is. Like Patrick's just steadily just climbing up the hill. He's just watching him. He's like, look, wait in 20 years. And Tom knows that. He does. He knows that. But all he was just saying, like, look, hey, don't take away from what I've done, okay? Look, I'm the guy that's sitting over here on top of the mountain right now, all right? So Patrick's like, look, I'm coming for you. Just waiting, you know, another 20 years. So these guys, look, they, they know each other, man, and they respect each other. But also, too, man, it's competitive. Everybody wants to be the best, number one, so – uh, yeah, it wasn't nothing other than just, you know, guys kind of, you know, jabbing each other, just being competitive, too. It's, it's That's just part it. Of it, man. It's part of it. 
Yeah. It, it, it was obviously in good fun and stuff, but Chief fans were loving it. Like, oh, shoot. Oh, shit. Patrick. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I mean, because, <laughs> I, I, you know, you, you, you see Patrick as this, like, you know, even kill guy, you know, he's not going to get into it. Obviously, he didn't mean it in bad spirits. You know, he's having fun with it. And it wasn't like a naked, it wasn't like a, a cut down or anything, but it was more like, yeah. I guess we'll see you in 20 years. You know, maybe, well, you know, maybe I could do that. I'll tell you what, it's interesting to me, though, because I, I read some of the comments and then. You know, when everybody always talks about fraud rings and, they, you know, you know, this this real ring and, it, you know, it doesn't belong to you. And look, guys, it, this thing is a team sport, okay? It's a team sport. None of these guys could just do it by themselves. Tom can't do it by himself. Pat can't do it by himself, right? And so, you know, when we say these fraud rings, man, you, you, what you're doing is, to me, you're, you're basically kind of taking away from everybody else's success on the team as well. Sure. Right? That's the way I look at it. You know, these guys fight hard, man, to get to the Super Bowl, regardless of how people see it. And I, and I know sometimes, you know, fans are just going after fans and, and whatnot. But look, man, these guys earn every ring, you know, regardless of how it is. You know, we could say, like, hey, you know, you earned it under these circumstances, whatever. You still got it. So, look, I, I just, it just kind of, every time I look at it, I'm like, man, is this, are these people for real? Is this, is this really, you know, guys are saying that, like, oh, fine ring, no, you ain't get this. They tell you, say same thing about Patrick about him, you know, winning, you know, one of the rings. Real, win a real wing, a ring, you know, Pat. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. I don't understand it. I just, you know, I just, and then they, they mentioned like uh, this quarterback's playing against that quarterback. No, that quarterback's playing against that defense. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like, that's right. This, yeah, just because they got different stats and it's the one quarterback came out with the win doesn't really, you know, signify that this quarterback outplayed that quarterback. It might just been bad defense or yeah. a good defense. I don't know. Not one quarterback throw the ball to themselves. Do you? Eat? Nah, not one. Not I've one. seen it happen in a few games right. on accident. But <laughs> matter of fact, I think Tom Brady had one last year. Did it? Yeah, he you got knocked back, back and he caught it, so he threw it again. It was actually completion. Oh, uh, was it? No. Okay. Usually, bad things happen when that when that happens. You know? <laughs> it's like they trade they trade the quarterbacks to knock it down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, it's funny about the whole like the, the the Twitter beefs when you see that this new I guess this newfound Tom Brady versus Mahomes Twitter beef. I guess as far as like you know commenters, it's it's Chief fans versus Patriot fans and Buccaneers fans now because now he's now he's Buccaneer uh, these Patriot fans are all Buccaneer fans now because they're following Brady. Yeah. They're, they're doing they're doing LeBron fans did. They're following the, where, where LeBron went. They're following Brady. So now it's like two v one. So you know. And I, and, I, and I saw the fraud ring there. I don't know even where that comes from. How, how did how was the Chiefs' victory last year a fraud, a fraud ring or not a real one? That that doesn't make yeah, sense. I don't get that either. I don't either. I don't understand it. I, I'm trying to wrap my head. I can't. Wrap, that's what I'm saying. I can't wrap my head around it. You know. Then, then of course you just you you'll see a, a Raider fan slip in. You know they're gonna throw their punches anyway. <laughs> Here come a Raider. <laughs> that's what they do all the time anyway. That's expected. They always gotta put their nose in something. So. <laughs> And actually, uh, this past week, I don't know if you guys saw it on Twitter, but uh, I, I was going to um, store and you know, my car's cherry red and I have Chiefs like the dice in the in the in the, um, the rearview mirror. So I was, you know, I'm a Chiefs fan, right? But I'm in Virginia. So obviously, you're never going to think that you're going to run into a Raider fan, right? So I come back to my car and I see this thing. I'm like, that a ticket? And I go to it. It's a Dollar Tree receipt. I flip it over and it says, fuck KC, go Raiders on it. Wow. wow. <laughs> Raider Nation, man. <laughs> yeah. Dang. I mean, you can't put it past them. There's, there's, there's fans everywhere for every team. So, right. Right. yeah, but that's, you know, that, that's, 
that sucks that you got people like that that go to that extreme uh, being a fan. Like, you got to, you know, put something derogatory on a, on a somebody's cards because you're a big fan and, you know, your team can't beat them. So, yeah. <laughs> It's all, it's all good fun. I'm, I'm happy it was a receipt, not like a, a keying on my car of, of uh, KC. So I, I was happy. Yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> you got out easy on that one. <laughs> For sure. Especially a Raider fan, too, of, of all teams. And you said you got the cherry paint on the car? Dice yeah. one? You got a fifth? You got a fifth wheel on the back, too? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not, the, it's not that souped up. No, no, no. It's, uh... <laughs> hey. <laughs> wait, wait, the steering wheel, uh, so – um. It was a it was a birthday gift a couple Don't of years ago. You got the little uh, the little cushion thing on the wheel. No, no, burn stuff on it. It's, it's, yeah, it, it's just it's just a leather strap with a case with the arrowhead on it. That's all it is. <laughs> it looks it looks like a sixteen year old's room with that stuff. <laughs> That's funny though. <laughs> all right, so as so our final concern tonight, and as we promised you guys. We're stepping into Professor Warfield's classroom, and today he's going to give us a little lecture on his top five cornerbacks in this draft. So, Eric, where is yours? Class is in session. You know, the, the crazy thing about this year's session is that um, I got to play along with a lot of these guys' dads during their career. So, uh, you know, Patrick Sertan, his son, I think number right now is number one, hands down. I, I got to watch him play and, you know, take nothing away from – what he's done because he's with a great team and with a, a, a lot of great players on that Alabama defense. But the thing that kind of separated him was that they were actually able to put him out on an island completely by himself because they had that kind of confidence in his ability to go out and shut down receivers. And now he proved it, you know, game after game. And I think he actually got the uh, SEC defensive player of the year. So that just goes to show how much, how much um, ability that he has and the gene pool that he came from. So I, I think he's number one to me and everybody else's eyes. <clears throat> and another guy I got to play alongside with, uh, Joe Warren was with the Chiefs at the beginning of my career as an awesome receiver, you know, one of the most fun guys you could ever be around uh, with jokes and having fun at practice. Uh, his son is, is a big stout guy, a big physical corner, fast. And uh, he's one of those that, that can be um, – Oh my gosh, my guy out at uh, the Rams. Um, uh, Rams. Ramsey. Rams. Yeah, he, he could be a, a Ramsey type uh, with, with his size uh, and ability to come up and make plays. Uh, my guy out at Northwestern, I watched this guy against Ohio State, and I'm, they could not complete a pass on him, who was Greg Newsom. And the guy has shown, shown uh, so much improvement to where I think he's made himself uh, a top. Uh, at least a, a second round pick uh, behind those other two guys and, and Asante Samuels Jr. Small in statue, but yeah. just like his dad will pick everything off in, in front of him. So uh, the, the thing with him, uh, the downfield deep passes is probably where you'd get, you know, some big plays on him, uh, but anything short routes, he's jumping it. You know, he, he has the, 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 the playmaking ability, like the same as his dad, you know, one of those undersized corner with the, quickness to get underneath any kind of route um, us usc has two guys now you got two corners that are you know predict uh projected in, the, in, the, in at least the top three rounds uh you've really got yourself a pretty good defense to where you can let loose with your front seven and uh, these guys have really played well but my sleeper 
is the guy that played alongside me in college ball is, is uh, Eric Stokes. And his, his son's name is Eric Stokes. And I think he had one of the uh, fastest 40s out there. And he played at Georgia. And, and I, I want to say, uh, J.D., you guys have a guy in, in Kentucky. Uh, is it Kelvin Joseph? I think Joseph, yeah. I think I'm yeah, so he's he's another guy that's 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 also I kind of man I I actually got to do a little homework when, when Marcus gave me these um, this this little uh, questionnaire to go through. Uh, I mean, I didn't get to write it all down, so I, I just watched a little of these guys on YouTube and and, and kind of read through some of the highlights. But um, you know, it's an interesting group this year, and these guys should should go out and have a successful career. Um, especially from the, the, the talent pool that they've all come from and, and uh, the stats that they've already put up. So I hope we can snag one of these guys. I'd love to see, you know, us get uh, Horn or, or, or certain, but we don't have those picks. So um, as far as for us, um, I know Ward is kind of solidifying his, 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 his position, uh, becoming a pretty good starter for us. Um, but man, anything else is like, I was looking at what we need and uh, it's more so if we were to pick anybody up for this year, we'd be okay. But we're hurting for after this because we have, I think Tyron Matthews contract is up after this year. I think Sorensen is up after this year. Uh, so we have to worry about trying to, you know, solidify at least one of those guys to come back. Um, so we need safety help. We need corner help. We need defensive end help. We need linebacker help uh, because after this season, we're going to be missing out on a whole lot of guys that we can't sign back. And so it's either going to be free agency market. It's going to be through this draft. And uh, there's a lot of young talent in this pool uh, coming out. And uh, hopefully we can capitalize on, on, on uh, what we need to, to, to bring home this championship for this year. That's good. That's good. That's a good list. That's a real good list right there. I love that list. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think as far as cornerback need, I, I think that's – the fact that we haven't re-signed Bashad Breeland yet, that gives us – and I think they're waiting until after the draft to do that, maybe to see if we can land one of these guys that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And if we don't land one of those guys, then you re-sign Breeland and you, do, and you, you go back to the drawing board next year and see w- what's out there. And, I, I mean, yeah. that's what it seems like. Um, and I, I, I agree with that. And as Breeland had a good career, you know, a good year last year. I think he did. Um, you know, broke up a lot of passes, had some big interceptions, uh, didn't get picked on a whole lot. Um, and right now I think his, his value has gone up to where it's, it it might be easier for us to check the market out and see what we can get this draft before we sign him, before we sign him back. See, I'm wondering, uh, See, I was just kind of looking. I was wondering what the why why he hadn't really been getting any type of bites as much. You know what I'm saying? As far as like how everything's been working, because I think there's, there's you know we know with this draft, there's going to be a lot of guys like that. The free agency, I think the Chiefs are waiting for after this draft. Like, look, who can we get right the first few rounds? If we don't, we still got those guys in free agency that we can go after. And we always we also talked about you know wide receiver. Look, there's some wide receivers out there too. You know what I'm saying? Sure. We're talking about of getting that you can get now at a, at a reasonable price as opposed to like breaking the bank. So, but you also know, so JD, like when you, when you're a starter, you kind of see a value that you're worth. Oh yeah. And the teams may not see it as that, as far as like trying to put a team together, because 
you might be valued at that high, but as far as us trying to put a team together, we can't pay you that. So right. we need to let you go ahead, you know, test the market, see what you think your value is. Mm -hmm. And if it's not, you don't think you're getting what you're getting, uh, what you're worth, you know, we're still open to, 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 to re-signing you. But if, if, if you're, you think your value is too high, then we, we can't bring you back. We can just test, test the market out and this draft to see what we can get out of here. I hear you. I, I, I believe you. Look, hey, look, you get more money playing on the field than you do on the, out on the street, right? That's true. You know that. So That is true. Hey, sometime at ego, somebody, somebody might, like you said, that tap on the shoulder. Hey, look. Hey, <laughs> <like> a, <laughs> hey, we might have lowered his price down a little bit, you know? Yeah, you can. <laughs> Come back and bite you in the, in, in the butt. Right. <laughs> well, and there's also guys that oh, I know we, we've thrown names around um, just like in general uh, over this, the last couple of weeks. D.D. Westbrook's guy, he's coming off an, a torn ACL. He's still young. I think he's like 27. He was, he was, a, he was you know, he was a Heisman. Hopefully he was, he was um, one of the finalists in the Heisman. Yeah, he had some good years with Jacksonville, but he was—he got hurt, and that was kind of his his, his mo. He's, he's been kind of injury prone since he's been in the league, but he's recovered from the ACL. That's a guy that maybe you can get—you can get him for cheap, and he's young. Whereas you know, you, you counter that to—you could also get Golden Tate. That's an older guy, but you're probably going to get him at the same price. Would you want to get a, bring in a younger guy at a at a, at a smaller price? I mean, it, I guess that's something that Veach has got to deal with, play with the numbers there. That's you know, I'm, I'm going to say a wide receiver's name, and I don't know if y'all think about this or not. But I think you get him at a good price. He, he's been hurt. Uh, Alshon Jeffries, uh, he's been hurt, right? But if you get get him to come in, get about forty balls or something, hey, that's all you need to bring in to replace Sammy. If if you want to do something like that, but I don't know what he's asking on his price. Look, you've been hurt for the past two years. You can't be asking for a whole lot. So, you know, I, I agree. I like Alshon, but it, but what does that do for the offense? Because Alshon is not a slot receiver. You know, that's basically what Sammy was. Uh, so do you move Tariq inside more and give him that two-way go? Absolutely. You know, take away? Absolutely. Yeah, Alshon's outside guy all day long. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's split in. But, just but putting Tariq on the outside, you can you can take the top off of the defense and open the, open the defense up to, to make more plays on the inside. But you putting him on the inside, you kind of, you know, you bring the defense in more to uh, open up on the outside. I don't know if Alshon – I mean – I don't know. How do you fit him in, though? Well, I just say, you, uh, and you see how the offense is ran, right? Because you, you do it with a lot of different formations. So, you know, you do, you know, we do a great job of just motioning. Now, all of a sudden, you motion Tyreek out there, right? And see what the coverage is going to be. But Alshon, look, I, we, we ain't trying to get him to go out there and play, you know what I'm saying, you know, 65 snaps. You know, we just need for you to go ahead and, and, and you know, run a couple little, you know, dig routes or, you know, comebacks. You know, like you said, they ain't going to take the top off the defense. No. But, you know, hey, we know how to switch it up, though, if we, if we need to. Should we? I guess. Yeah, so. Well, Eric, you bring up a good point about the whole aspect of, you know, wanting a slot guy like Sammy Watkins. I mean, Juju is a guy that we went after pretty hard. You know, we had Andy Reid saying text messages of Lamarty Trophy. So, they have, there's obviously a type of guy they want. And that, I mean, yeah. that's that slot mold. So. You know, uh, what's my guy? guy? Golden Tate is one of those guys. If he's a slot guy. You know, he does oh, well in the slot. Guy. Playmaker. Good, great playmaker. Uh, motion guy and all, um, but he's up there in age. You don't know what you get when you bring in somebody up there in age. And so, uh, you know, I, I think that the Chiefs will—they know what they have in mind with what, what who they're looking at, and uh, they'll make the right decision when it, when it comes down to it. But you know, as far as a guy, I like D.D. Westbrook. You know, great playmaker. He's small, yeah. but you know, I think he he's, he's able to to make plays, especially within that the offense that we have. Yeah.
See, I think we're looking for guys to eat up space. That's why I'm looking for guys like just a little bit, a little bit bigger. I think we got a lot, a lot of small, quick guys. You know, we, we, we got those guys. Right. And that's why I was like, also on draft threes, like Juju to me is not more. He's more, I, I would use him outside more. You know, he, he's just, he's got that ability going one-on-one with guys, you know, so all the quick guys we got, we got plenty of those guys. We, yeah. we plenty. So I don't know. I like our receiving core that we got. I do. I like him. I do too. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know you're a big fan of Tajay Sharp, who we, who we officially signed Tajay, back to the man. roster. Yes. I like Tajay Sharp. I do. I like him. Yeah. Yeah, between him and Antonio Callaway, I think I think there's something there between those two guys. Um, so, and Antonio Callaway, we signed him to a futures deal at the end of the last season, so that could be something. I, I did want to before we end the show. I did want to ask one question, uh, Eric, as you mentioned, uh, D.D. Westbrook being a little a smaller type, kind of guy. Um, what do you guys think about this whole Devontae Smith weighing? Man, I just saw that today, and I have never. That dude is 166 pounds. <laughs> yeah. What's you that? Know, you get a you get a. Corners are physical in the NFL, and you get a guy that small. I mean, he's got speed. He's got great route running ability. Uh, he catches the ball very well. But when you get a physical corner on you, 166, you might not get off the line of scrimmage. You know, they're going to have to use him. They got a lot of motion plays with him. Yeah, J.D., Devontae Smith, the Alabama receiver, uh, they they got his official weigh-in results, um, and he got 166 is what he weighed in at. Oh wow! He should put he should put some weights in his pocket. Is that an old trick? Yeah, a couple of five pound weights put in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> that is small, man. Like even if you small. miss a guy at the line of scrimmage, and you yeah. get some corner, some receivers like if you miss a guy at the line of scrimmage, then they're gone by you. If you're 166 pounds, if I miss you and my finger catches you, I, I think I got enough. <laughs> strength in that finger to put me back in position on you. So that that's that's pretty light, man. Yeah. You know they're gonna be talking noise. Man, you too light, you too light, you too light out here. Come on. Get in the weight room. Yeah, that joker should put in some put some weights in his pockets, put some rocks in his shoes, too. So would that be enough? Because I mean, that's that's kind of like to talk is would that be enough to make a guy go lower in the, dra- in the draft? I mean, would that would that would that devalue you if you if you come in at one sixty six? Let's say the the GMs think there he was weighing at one seventy five before, but now we know he's weighing one sixty six. Does that kind of decrease the value or no? Hmm. Is that what he played at last year? Is that what he played at? I, or is he see? Because a guy could just be down, right? So it could be maybe part of his diet, you know. What was his official weight when he actually? Okay, so he played all four years at Alabama. You don't usually get that. Yeah, it, well, that's, yeah. On top of that, you know, he's played behind some great receivers that have been, you know, top five, top ten picks. Yeah. And, uh, you know, take nothing away from him because the guy's a tremendous player. It's just that, you know, he's had some guys go before him that have done the job exceptionally well to keep him, you know, on the outside. And he came in his senior year. And I love the work that he put in to to to, to being the Heisman winner, and to to being the guy that he is, and to being the size that he is. Um, but even in that championship game, a lot of his big plays they motion him. It's always keep him on the move. And I don't know if that's because of his size or what, but you know he did a lot of motion plays to to, to capitalize uh, on that that championship game uh, against. Uh, Ohio State. 
Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. I know that they, they had rugs last year. That was kind of the big hoopla before the, the draft. Like, oh, he's the next Tyreek Hill. And the, I, I feel like that's the, the new marker, the new measuring sticks. Oh, he could be the next Tyreek Hill kind of kind of thing now. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, what happens with that. Man, just because you have that type of speed doesn't mean you can play. I've seen a lot of guys that have burners. And just because you got wheels, nobody's going to sit out there and have you run go routes the whole game. That's too easy. <laughs> You know, Tariq, Tariq is a special individual. He, he knows how to put his speed in routes in play during the, during the right moments. And so just because you have that type of speed does not, you know, play into you being a, a Tariq Hill type of player. And you remember John Capel, don't you? Yes. So we had another good uh, uh, Dave Clinic. Dave was a track guy. Yeah. But all they all, all they give you is, is is deep routes, and that, that's not going to get you anywhere in the NFL. Yeah, so I, I, I guess we'll see on where the if it does affect this draft stock. Uh, ESPN was saying it's not going to affect this draft stock, so you know hopefully he gets drafted as high as he does, and maybe he puts on. Some I agree. Put some I hope mud. it doesn't even. So, but yeah, that's that's tiny, man. Especially at his height, I, I think he's like what six three, six four. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's the end right there now. Now, I remember the other dude from uh, Kansas State a couple years ago with the Redskins had him. He was undrafted guy. He was the part returner, Brandon Banks. He was like 5'5", 150. <laughs> I mean, that's – Okay, but you can use that to your to his advantage. That's just like a Wes Welker yep. putting him in the slot. You know, those little tiny guys, they move so quick, and, you know, it's hard to get your hands on. But when you're, when you're tall and lanky mm-hmm. and skinny, you know, you can get hands on guys like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so okay. So next week we got another guest coming on. Uh, we're not going to say who it is, but um, yeah. So it's it's draft week next week. So it's a, it's a, it's a big week. Well, all right, guys. That does it. Was a, it was a great show. It's amazing having. It's always cool, especially like when we have Tom, but you know the next generation of Chiefs, and you know co- combining with you guys. And that's that's two different. That's two eras of Chiefs in one show. And I think I think that is beautiful. Um, it's yeah. Pretty, pretty poetic in a way. Um, so it was really cool. Um, so of course. Tweeted us at, at Concerns Chief and then follow us on Believe Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you can get podcasts, Chief Concerns. Um, and yeah, guys, another great show. And we'll see you next week for Draft Week. Right. Sound like a plan. Y'all enjoy the night, fellas. All right, my brother. All right. Y'all be good. All right. See you guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.